The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, uh, midweek edition here, Hale Varsity Radio Road Show. Wednesday here at Pinnacle Bank Arena, half-court heave from Beatrice at the end of the third quarter. Just off the front and back iron and rolled out. The uh, shot that Elijah nails people with in horse almost went down. And uh, defending state champ for B, Beatrice, trailing Ron Colley. 32-18. Great to be with you, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Loaded up show today in this first hour. Uh, we'll check in with Mike Babcock uh, from Hale Varsity. Get his thoughts on uh, Scott Frost, Casey Thompson, Mark Whipple. Uh, the quarterbacks all spoke today, those that were healthy enough to do so, and even some that are still battling injuries, so plenty of thoughts there. Uh, Nebraska basketball less than an hour away to keep the magic happening in March as they uh, take on Northwestern uh, uh, a little bit after 5 in Indy. Numbers to get in, 466-37-76-466-37-76-800-825-5865. We'll get some spring football thoughts from Greg Smith. Uh, also, uh, we'll uh, be sure to run down Jeff Mall. Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau has done in the team. Not just uh, getting and landing Big Ten wrestling, but how about six days of girls and boys state tournament. Tonight, I'll be over on KFOR. Lincoln Southwest marches towards another title opportunity. They're tasked to take down top seed Millard South. Had a chance to bump into Coach Berda. Uh, in the hallway here before the show started. So uh, best wishes to uh, Lincoln Southwest girls, uh, Lincoln High girls tonight as well. Will Wilson will have that for you uh, also on KFOR. Find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, and then at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Elijah off yesterday, but no doubt celebrated with uh, the online ordering of Russell Wilson home and away jerseys. You uh, you have the mustache combed, you got a haircut, you're wearing orange, what are you doing? Uh, oh, you know, I'm still celebrating that, that Broncos coup to go get Russell Wilson. I legitimately, so my roommate, I think I've told you before, he's a, a student teacher currently at Lincoln Southeast, and because they're hosting state tournament basketball yesterday, he had the day off. 
Um, so by the time this news breaks at like 11 or noon, he's still like in his pajamas down in his room just enjoying his day off. And I come screaming through the house, we got Russell Wilson! And it's just been a, a joyous past 24 hours ever since. It, it's, you had a robe on, didn't you? I was fully dressed. Okay. Hey, hey, now. Right. No, was, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. But it was just one of those, one of those experiences where it's, it's almost surreal that the past, what is it now, seven years of just pain of being a Broncos fan of bad quarterback after bad quarterback after bad quarterback is solved. I'm not saying I think this is necessarily means a Super Bowl is guaranteed to be coming to Denver, but I think it gives the Broncos a lot better shot and it takes them out of the cellar of the AFC West where they have been. Right. I mean, I, that, that's going to be a, a tough division. I don't know that I've ever seen four teams from a division make the postseason. Uh, a lot of times you'd have that old AFC Central get in there uh, with the Oilers, the Browns, the Bengals, right? Uh, back in the day. <laughs> uh, and the AFC West is pretty good at getting three teams in uh, to the postseason. The uh, NFC West with Russell had been good, and that's where your Super Bowl champ or your Super Bowl representative have come from pre-Brady and Tampa. So, hey, uh, kudos to you. See if you can work a deal uh, and, and find a way to trade Seattle Russell Wilson jerseys for Denver Russell Wilson jerseys. Junior has the lime green. He has the silver. And he has the, the navy. Mama has the navy and also the white. And Gertie has the navy. So there's about seven Russell Wilson jerseys uh, in the Schmidt household that, that have not been burned. So are, are they newfound Broncos fans now? I don't know. Are, are they are they loyal to Russell Wilson or are they loyal to the Seattle Seahawks organization and the rebuild they're about to go through? He, he liked uh, Marshawn. He liked okay. Cam. He liked the Legion of Boom, but he loved Russell. And my, my wife likes Russell. I'll just leave that one there. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's dive in. But magic uh, in the air this March. Can it keep going for Nebraska basketball? We'll start there. We'll get to spring football with Coach Frost. But, you know, you look at Nebraska, Elijah, and uh, the, <laughs> the hopes are still there. Despite the, the madness of the season, Nebraska basketball fans back on the wagon. They're excited to see what can transpire uh, with the Big Red. They get a third crack at Northwestern. It has not gone well. 30 turnovers uh, and 34 points in two games for Northwestern off of Nebraska turnovers. Northwestern also has hit 26 threes in two games against Nebraska. I mean, the, the what-the-hell moment of many of the season in this building on a Sunday where Northwestern's up 35, nearing 40 points on, on alumni weekend, okay? And this isn't your BTN documentary, Northwestern finally goes and wins in the dance, Northwestern squad, okay? It, it's a very beatable team that has played teams tough. Nebraska played better, but still stupid on the road at Northwestern. So I don't like the matchup because Northwestern's got that stretch now. Difference being is Nebraska just did not give a damn about closing out or defending on the perimeter. They pre uh, no interest in playing any defense against Northwestern uh, the previous two meetings. I think that has changed 
for this Nebraska basketball team. You look at the win, winning streak Nebraska has had. Uh, teams have shot 40% or worse. Nebraska's shot better, 50% or better, and just shy of 50%. So it's been on the defensive end for Nebraska. They've not gotten crushed on the boards. They, they did a great job in guarding Wisconsin's three-point shooting, and they, dare I say it, out-muscled Wisconsin uh, on the road. They need to, to bring that same mentality. Another factor as to why the magic can keep going is uh, you have Alonzo Verge. Right, that's right. We're, we're talking about Alonzo Verge and what he's turned into here towards the end of the season. He's uh, He's been a guy that has always wanted to, bend, to win. That has been most important for Alonzo Verge. The difference is now it's behavioral. He doesn't have to be the reason they win. He's part of the solution versus always feeling like he's got to make the plays to push them to win. Uh, and, and he was pretty much agenda-driven with a lot of his other teammates. That is all shifted. Can it stay away uh, for another another ball game? Nebraska is getting four points. It's dropped a half a point, so maybe that is good news uh, for the Bryce watch. I don't know what the heck he did with his wrist going back to Ohio State, but it kept him out against Wisconsin. And if you get him in, that's outstanding. I do love how Wiltshire has been playing ball. I think he's played really high-level basketball. Of course, Walker's been on fire. And uh, Nebraska's played their best basketball in years. Their last three games, can they take it forward into the tournament tonight? And back to your point about Verge, what I loved to see from him against Wisconsin on Sunday was the fact that whenever it was time for him to take over, when it was time for him to come in and, and use his experience to settle the game and just be the Huskers' guy on offense, he knew when to do that. The adversity hit the first five minutes of the second half. Trey McGowan's gets tossed. The fouls aren't going your way. Wisconsin's already into the bonus. And Trey, or sorry, excuse me, Alonzo Verge knew that he couldn't play like he played in the first half anymore. He had to be more of that scoring guy, more of the guy forcing the issue, as opposed to being that guy the entire game. He, he had a, a maturity about him of when to settle in, and that was something that looked different from just the entire rest of the season. And I'm curious to see uh, now with Bryce McGowan's back into the fold, Trey McGowan's is going to be back uh, after getting tossed. Uh, just can they continue that synergy that they had worked up against Northwestern, against, excuse me, not Northwestern, uh, against Penn State, against Ohio State? Uh, can they continue to battle like they did against Ohio State? Now that you're on a neutral floor and you know that the task that you have in front of you, you can't overlook this first game because they've said they have bigger plans than just showing up and losing their first game at Indy. Can they keep that focus throughout a whole tournament if that's actually what the, uh, what the goal is? Uh, they can. Now, it, it's going to be about conditioning, and it's going to be about role guys. And, you know, Verge went into a familiar role where it was take overtime, and, and he was able to flip that switch and, and scored 18 to the 34 second half points against Wisconsin. Uh, let's get an update here from Fred on McGowan's and, and all the, the treatment and work that's gone in to tonight with, uh, with McGowan's probably potentially being back tonight. He was able to get out and get some shots up. He did all the non-contact portion. Uh, was in there for a couple. We just really wanted to test that thing, see how he's doing. It's going to be tough to throw him out there full speed without getting some live work in. So we, we were able to get him out there a little bit, but he did not participate in the full practice. Can you say he'll play, though? I hope so. I mean, we're going to get him a couple treatments. Obviously, we'll get him another one tonight when we get into Indianapolis. We'll get him another treatment tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get a walkthrough time at the arena. So basically, it will be a walkthrough at the hotel uh, right before a pregame meal. So he's going to have to text it, uh, test it, uh, get some flexion in there uh, just to make sure he's good to go. 
The bribery tonight is everybody gets shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's. You beat Northwestern. Appetizers are on Fred, baby. He's got plenty of wine, it sounds like. Did you get a chance to go check out St. Elmo's whenever you were in town? I didn't, man. I I had a hell of a time finding my way into Lucas Oil. I mean, the, the door that was unlocked. There's a, a couple of different, just because you've never been there before. Well, I remember, and it was like 5 a.m. too when you were trying to get in. Yeah, I was getting in at 5 a.m. to do KFOR in the morning, and I was the only guy there, and the uh, I needed a, a lighter or a lantern, and instead I had my <laughs> laptop as my light. It worked out, and then at 6 a.m. the lights came on, and it was just me and the janitor, man. <laughs> but it worked out okay, but... Uh, I know they're the, the, the field house for basketball. Last thought here from Fred on Verge's surge here uh, as the season wound down. Uh, the Verge? Verge. He's been unbelievable. I'm really happy for Alonzo, the way he's playing and finishing off his career, uh, playing his best basketball. And, you know, he was unbelievable early for us. You look back at our exhibitions in the Colorado game where he just uh, had complete control of that game. Uh, And being asked to do something he's really never done full-time before, which is play with the ball in his hands. And he's adjusted beautifully as the season has gone on. Um, You know, he could have had... You know, when I went back and looked at it, the shots he generated for our guys, he could have very easily had 26 and 12 assists in our game uh, the other night, especially with Bryce out. You know, we're asking him to do so much uh, right now. The thing I think he's done a great job, he's slowed down. He's making simple plays. Uh, he's taking what the defense gives him. He's not playing in a crowd. And uh, it's just great to see, you know, you look at the last eight games, and he put his numbers up against anybody with his percentages and his assist-to-turnover uh, ratio. So, you know, just really happy for Alonzo the way this is, uh, this is ending for him. So pretty good praise there and some maturity by by Verge. Good for him. See if it carries over. We'll keep you updated tonight on Nebraska and uh, Northwestern. It'd be fun to see these guys keep playing. You know, just make it interesting. Uh, Crazy things have happened. I think the last time you had a sub-500 team go Jimmy V and NC State was, was Georgia. I think it was, man, it might have been Georgia 2017. I saw something on Twitter today where they were <laughs> they were 13 and 16 uh, in going into the SEC tournament. This is pre-Tom Crean, and Crean got blown out yesterday. They, they won the whole bleeping thing, and then they ended up getting a 14 seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. Over to football we go. Pretty encouraging stuff from Scott Frost today. Mark Whipple, the shoeless OC. And uh, the quarterbacks were pretty cool. Hear more from Casey Thompson at 440, just his transition to Lincoln. But let's hear from Frost here when it comes to, you know, what what you always have in spring is is energy. But a lot of the, the new guys, coaches, and players are bringing it here. Here's Coach Frost. Yeah, I don't know if we're settled in yet. Um, there's a ton of energy from new guys and uh, coaches and players alike. Uh, there's a lot of guys learning, um, a lot of exciting things to see out there. I've loved the energy and the attitude uh, and the leadership, and I think I've mentioned that before. Um, we got a good team that wants to be good, and that's the first step in being good, and they're working hard to get there. There's still a lot we need to clean up and figure out, but uh, it's been a good first four days. So uh, Coach Frost seems happy is the word I'd use. Big three in the corner from Beatrice, much needed. Cuts it down to a 20-point spread here for Ron Colley in the lead here with a minute 48 left.
uh, a thought here from Coach Frost, and he uh, this is pretty revealing to me, and I don't know um, what to make of it other than it just there's a big difference in offensive line play. Here is Coach Frost on Donnie Raiola. The first thing is they're just coming off the ball, and, um, you know, that's been something that I've been – frustrated with for a long time is you know when I was playing here uh, guys look like they're in 40 yard dashes when, when the ball was snapped and and that wasn't up to the standard that I wanted and, and that's the first thing protection's been better too though and I think uh, Donnie's just done a good job with those guys mentality and technique and I can't wait to watch him keep improving so that's that's interesting and you know not to get into this Greg Austin reformation but it's you're the head coach as well, so if you want them firing off the ball, tell your O-line coach to have them fire off the ball. So it's more uh, more physical with the O-line play. We'll wind down this segment. We'll get Mike Babcock in the room, get his take on things. It's Hale Varsity, the Wednesday edition, on the road at PBA for state basketball. And Hale Varsity is presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Roadshow Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're here courtside at PBA as Things winding down for the 315 game. Ron Colley, 51. Beatrice, 29, will have full coverage of Lincoln Southwest. And uh, you have Millard South girls semis tonight at 6 over on KFOR. A big basketball fan. We welcome in historian, author, Hall of Famer Mike Babcock from Hale Varsity with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, uh, you, you feeling the, the March magic? How are you? Well, I'm disappointed, I guess, because I was born in Beatrice, and Beatrice was getting hammered, huh? I was going to say the pride of Beatrice. I, I <laughs> thought I thought you were born in Beatrice, but uh, you grew up. Second grade. Okay, so, but you, you then uh, matriculated York, correct? Yeah, yeah, I, I consider that my hometown, really. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was a Beatrice person for a couple of years. Well, the pride of York and Beatrice, just you. Mike, <laughs> no, I don't Mike. think so. <laughs> Mike, what uh, what did you think of, uh, of of Coach Frost today? And, and I want to go back to uh, a clip we played a little bit earlier uh, in segment one when it comes to Frost talking about the offensive line just firing off the ball and the, the way he makes it sound, not to get too hyperbolicious with it, but uh, big change uh, for Thriola and just – what, what the guys are doing. Frost seems really happy with the O-line despite not all the puzzle pieces there. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and listening to uh, and talking to Donovan Royola the other day, um, 
you know, that's kind of the aggressive approach that he has, and that's what he wants to instill in that offensive line. That, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect uh, Greg Austin. Uh, you know what they did there. Um, maybe that was the mindset of of what the offense was. You know, Scott Frost said that they're tweaking some things, doing some things a little bit different. Um, that's why I brought in uh, new assistant coaches, and uh, you know I think Royola has you know has, has put one of those aspects of what they want to do into uh, into effect. And uh, yeah, you're right. The the one thing or two things, uh, obviously you've got to find somebody to replace uh, Cameron Jurgens at center because that's the guy that's you know calling the plays for the line, and, and you have a lot of things going on there, and, you, and it's not a guy that you're going to rotate in and out of there. Um, so you've got to find that center, and then a couple of really important guys, I think uh, Teddy and and uh, Corcoran, are, are, are not going through spring. That's important. you got a couple of transfers that have come in. Um, they're working in there. So it, it, it's a work in progress, but it, apparently the emphasis is, you know, Come off the ball, get uh, be aggressive in in that sense, and I think that that's Ryle's approach, and that's what they're that's what they want to do. The the thing about the offensive line that impressed me was that uh, Casey Thompson apparently took him out to uh, to dinner and then bowling. Uh, that that was that was a pretty good start um, for for the offensive line and building some kind of connection to the. To the new one of the new quarterbacks in 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 camp, but uh, yeah, offensive line. You know, you know me. That's that's important. That's that's the thing that's going to determine, I think, whether this offense is successful or not. Is can they get the job done up front? Yeah, and Mike, he didn't just take him to dinner. He took him to Rodizio Grill, and no, no free shout outs here. But that's an incredible dinner, and it's a hefty price tag. Yeah, yeah, that's uh but you know, and, and I'm impressed, and I'm, I'm not—I don't want to dis, discount any of the other quarterbacks. I, I just want to focus on Thompson for a second. You know that he, he takes the lineman out to dinner, and like you said, Rodizio Grill, and then they go bowling. Um, He's—he's he's talked to uh, Martinez um, in, in trying to learn kind of things that were going on. He did his research, obviously, before he transferred to Nebraska, which any anybody would do that, but. Um, I really think that he is making the effort to try to fit in in a lot of ways that that have to be he has to fit into those ways and he's a newcomer and there's a lot on his plate but it seems like he's uh, he's able to uh, or he, he's he's doing the things that are going to enable him to to handle it so uh, I'm I'm impressed with how he's approached the transition from Texas to uh Nebraska, and it couldn't have been easy for him. I what he worked with uh, three offensive coordinators at Texas, so um, it's an adjustment. But one of the observations that Frost made was that it looked like maybe Thompson was picking things up in this new system because everything was new to him, uh, whereas uh, guys that had been here before um, were adjusting from uh, from the way things had been to the way things are now. Mike Babcock's with us, Sale Varsity Radio, Beatrice Falls, Mike, 53-29 to Ron Cauley. It's a foul. Okay, well, but, uh, there's, there's always next year. It's okay. Yeah, um, next year. <laughs> no, great points on, on Casey Thompson. First and foremost, it's one thing to 
to want to lead. It's another thing to lead and uh, do it with your play, your performance, but also uh, connecting with your guys. And uh, he's doing that, be it dinner or just doing the, the, the background here and, and really not being phased because of the fishbowl. I mean, Austin's a, a fishbowl. Texas is a fishbowl. And I think he's just excited to, to be able to pick and kind of pick where he wants to go versus having change thrust upon him like you touched on with the offensive coordinator, Mary Garounds, and coaching changes from Herman to, to, to Sark. So, Babbers, uh, we've hit O-line, we've hit quarterbacks. What do you think of Whipple so far through uh, through one uh, one post-practice and, and a couple of roundtables? I like the uh, I like the fact that he didn't wear shoes. Um, yeah, what's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah. Got to get up there and talk to those reporters, you know. Uh, no sandals, yeah. no slippers, no nothing? No, he's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's the shoeless OC is what's going on. Yeah, shoeless Joe Jackson. No, it's, it's, it's inside, so, you know, it's all good there. I, I, I like his, I, I like his um, attitude and the way he talks about things. I mean, he seems pretty open about stuff, um, you know, from that first day when he said, you know, the first day, uh, Thompson looked the best. I mean, he he put it out there. Now, obviously, um, he and Frost probably had a discussion about that. I mean, I don't think he just went out and did that. But uh, um, I, I like his frankness. I like his uh, his attitude, and and uh, and we'll see. You know, it's it's. It, I say this all the time too. But in the spring, you can be as good as you want to be. I mean, it's just optimism runs in the spring, just about everywhere. You know. Um, and, it, and it's what happens in the fall, obviously, that's going to define things. But, but at this point, um, I'm I'm impressed with him. I, you know, I, I just I like the I like his what I take to be kind of openness um, with reporters. Mike, we're about 30 minutes away from tip-off in the uh, the Big Ten tournament's opening game between Nebraska and Northwestern, and I want to get your take on this late season surge we're seeing from the Huskers. Uh, most recent reports indicate it looks like uh, Bryce McGowan's is going to be a full go based on what they've been seeing down on the court. Apparently, doing pull-ups on the rim before the game, uh, which is a uh, a good sign for McGowan. So, I just want to get your take on Nebraska now getting a third crack at Northwestern. Uh, obviously, wasn't the the best performances the first two times around, but you you got to expect that there's going to be an aspect of getting revenge this third time in the uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, well, and and you've seen that when when Nebraska does what it's supposed to do when they play together and they pass the ball a little bit, and uh, when you take a three point shot, it's actually an open three point shot because you've you've passed the ball around there, and then uh, you know Alonzo Verge is is really coming into his own after. Uh, having all kinds of problems, you know, with turnovers and so forth. But, um, yeah, to, to think what Nebraska did against Wisconsin without Bryce McGowan's and then Trey goes out, um, that, was re- that was remarkable, beyond remarkable in that sense. Um, the, the last place team in the conference against the number one, uh, shared number one in the, in the conference, and to, to beat them, Three in a row. I I look for Nebraska to put up a real scrap. Western and a good chance to move 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 ahead because they have now they have the mindset to do the things that they need to do to be successful. We we've thought that they had talent, but they just didn't do the things that they needed to do to be successful consistently. 
and I think now they're doing it. I, I was really impressed with that Wisconsin game, um, as, as was everybody else, and that's no great insight there, but um, they really put it together uh, down the stretch here, and I, I look to see more of that. A few minutes here, Mike Babcock with us. Sale Varsity Roadshow Wednesday, courtside at PBA in front of uh, Omaha, I should say Millard South, and uh, the Southwest Silverhawks girls semifinal action in Class A. Mike, um, you, you, you feel like there's this, I don't want to say sense of relief, but now a little at ease or easiness here where there's been buy-in, there's been adversity. This is a team that's not handled adversity well yet for them to uh, fix what they fixed and then respond like they responded. Would you put it in Nebraska, put it past Nebraska, putting a run together uh, in, in Indy here, not win the whole thing a la Georgia. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool if they did, but, you know, I mean, finishing on the right note. Yeah, well, I think they will. Um finish on the right note because again you see that scrappiness or a grittiness or whatever I always go back to Will Bolt's ball you know mm-hmm. but it's pretty but um, yeah I, I wouldn't want to be playing Nebraska right now uh, in a tournament just because um, you you know what there was a point at which you could say well you're playing Nebraska you can probably look ahead a little bit here because you're going to get past the Huskers but that, you're, that's not going to happen uh, if it's Northwestern or you know who it is Whoever it is next, well, that's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to be playing Nebraska necessarily. Um, uh, but, you know, everybody's got, uh, you know, maybe Northwestern comes in with great focus. Well, they've got a lot to uh, play for, too, pride or whatever. Scrap. And uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. But, I've, but I, have a, I have some confidence that Nebraska will give uh, – a great effort and, and have a chance to move forward and uh, maybe maybe win a couple. Mike, always love chatting with you, bud. We'll uh, get caught up again soon. Enjoy uh, some hoops tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon, my friend. Thanks for the time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you. Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer at MD Babs on Twitter. It's where you find him. And uh, we're about uh, about an hour 20 here from tip-off with uh, Lincoln Southwest, the girls, the fighting Timberdas against uh, Millard South. So we'll hear from Casey Thompson next as Hale Varsity continues from PBA presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery here uh, courtside at PBA is another road show Wednesday. Greg Smith recruiting insider coming up here a little bit after five. 
And uh, we'll step uh, in with Jeff Mall, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, uh, with just the, the wow factor here, the marathon that is Girls and Boys State 2022 with 90-plus teams in six days as Beatrice uh, eliminated. Ron Colley has moved on. They'll take on Scott Friday for a uh, shot at the B championship. And uh, also, uh, we will dive into a very interesting jock doc with Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Deion Sanders, man, had the roughest of rough falls. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get caught up with, uh, with Deion and Dr. Brandon Seifert. 466-37-76-466-37-76-800-825-5865 to get in. Open phones till 5 and then we'll get caught up with Greg Smith. Casey Thompson, though, the first time he had a chance to speak uh, publicly uh, post-spring practice. And here is Casey Thompson on the new offense with what he's learning from Whipple, from Frost, and the group of guys he's with. Uh, his offense is uh, it's aggressive. Um, it's definitely a pass attack. It's, um, I think it's very diverse. I think we do a good job of stretching the field vertically and horizontally and uh, it's fast tempo and there's a lot of options so I really like it um, it's been fun so far and it's been easy to uh, to grasp so he's a guy that's just doing the extra Elijah be it throwing the football with uh, all, all receivers he can get a hold of before practice doing it after practice that's all stuff that you take for granted but you have two different groups of receivers right so you're not going to see or get comfortable or chemistry with everybody during the spring. It's going to take that overtime, that extra. And it sounds like he's uh, he's making that move more from Casey on why he picked Lincoln when he had uh, many different options and offers. And we'll see if it ends up biting Texas that since he wasn't a Sark guy, he was an inherited guy that, uh, you know, he really wasn't wanted. That's, that's the feel. Uh, and it was time to go to the portal. Uh, Texas's loss could be Nebraska's big-time game. Uh, I did my research for two weeks before I entered my name in the portal. So for about a week or two, I kind of was like, you know, on the fence of do I stay or do I leave? And then I was like, okay, well, if I leave tomorrow, uh, what do I think will be legitimate options for me to go? And once I saw uh, Nebraska's quarterback, Adrian Martinez, uh, decided to leave, I knew Nebraska would be on the table uh, most likely. And um, I was kind of just waiting to see what some other teams were going to do, honestly, after the bowl game. And so uh, I put my name in the portal on December 16th. But in my mind, I, I told Nebraska coaching staff and anybody, all the other teams right away, hey, I'm going to wait until after the bowl game's in. And I'm kind of making a decision that first week of January. And I think I committed like January 5th or 6th or 7th, something like that. So everything happened, I think, in the right time and how it was supposed to. Um, but I kind of knew that it was going to be Nebraska or a couple other schools in the end. It came down between Nebraska, OU, and Auburn pretty much. So you have Thompson laying out the, the why Nebraska, pretty involved with his research, and uh, a guy that I think can be a difference maker. Uh, level of excitement when you hear Whipple talk about lining up under center. They can still go fast under center, but Whipple's rationale is, hey, guess what? You're going to take snaps from under center in the NFL. You need to learn how to do it here. And Elijah, are you in that group, brother, that, that loses their mind when it's shotgun 
on third and two from the one? No, not necessarily. Uh, I- I'm just more perplexed why there isn't more running the football out of the classic eye formation or single back. Look, there's a reason they do it so much in the NFL. It gets that running back moving downhill as they get towards the line of scrimmage. It just gets you a more physical element to your running game. And I don't necessarily wonder why. I mean, there, there is benefits to going and running out of shotgun. There's benefits to going and running out of pistol. But it just whenever you get that downhill element, it, it makes more sense to be able to, to, to do that out of a, a single back, a traditional eye formation type look. Uh, for a college team. So I do wonder why it shifted out of the game somewhat. I know the it's easier for, for quarterbacks uh, to do things out of the shotgun, but I formation is what football's been built on. There's a reason they still do it with so much success in the NFL. For sure. And uh, just quicker, you know. I mean, it, and I said, you know, second and goal from, you know, second and two from the from the three. I mean, you, you have, you're, you're back and um, – it just hasn't worked. <laughs> Aside from quarterback power, how many shotgun runs have Nebraska has Nebraska scored in the red zone? Non-quarterback touchdowns. You got a guy like Yant. You got to feed him, right? Uh, more from Casey Thompson here. A loaded receiver room, and uh, some compliments uh, for Mr. Brody. Uh, more with Casey here after practice. I mean, it just gives me the confidence and the continuity. Like, man, I really have faith, and I think that our two deep are really good. Um, I like Trey Palmer. He's been great. Alante Brown has, has really been stepping up. Uh, he's a great route runner, and he's a good leader. I like Omar Manning and Xavier Betts, and we got Oliver Martin, um, and uh, we got Isaiah, you know, who just came in off the transfer. Brody Belt is like a young Wes Welker. I mean, these guys are really good. Um, not only football players, but they're, they're good route runners, and uh, just seeing my first few weeks here, just kind of watching these guys run routes and then be in the weight room. They're very athletic and very strong as well. So I've been really impressed with these guys, and uh, it's been fun to be around them. So give me a Wes Welker on third and six on an option route all day, Elijah. Uh, Belt was fun to watch against Wisconsin. Belt's a guy that's been in the program 100 years, but never really was a go-to or an option because... You know, there's just higher-profile recruits that that got the nod or the look or the the, the reps. Uh, good for the staff and guys on the team, and, and for Belt, quite honestly, sticking with it and continuing to battle. But you tell me here, do you think that's just a quarterback trying to instill some confidence in, in his guys in the room, the guys he's trying to come in? And, I mean, I, I don't want to discount Brody Bellow. He's been solid, but do you, have you ever looked at him and gone, yeah, that guy looks like Wes Welker? I look at Belt and when he when he's had the ball, and I look at, again the Wisconsin game's like the, the biggest body of work we've seen. We've yeah, seen yeah. flashes here and there. I mean, the the kid is shifty. He's a, a poor man's Rex Burkhead. I mean, running style to me. So, I just wisdom says you're going to go with the four star kid that has all the measurables and speed compared to the. The in-state walk-on kid. I mean, it, it's no, they're similar style players, so I, maybe a better comp for me is that, that do-it-all type Cole Beasley type of guy where he's never sure. going to wow you with his speed. He's never going to wow you with his route running. Uh, sneaky fast. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it's, no, it's I, one of those but, things where but, it's like Wes Welker was a, a pro bowler for, what, four or five seasons for a reason? Yeah, but like, he was also like a, a two-star walk-on at Tech for Leach. Sure, sure. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, he was he was probably a 4-6 guy that, that played 4-5. Mm-hmm. So, last thought here. Let's squeeze in uh, last thought here from Casey Thompson. 
uh, when it comes to, you know, how the spring has gone so far. And uh, two thumbs up here from Mighty Casey. Um, I, I would say that spring so far is going uh, better than I expected at this point. Um, just learning the offense and uh, having the continuity with my receivers. Um, some days I feel like that uh, I'm kind of like an in-season in type of flow. Um, other days, you know, I definitely can feel like we have a lot of things that we need to work on, a little bit off rhythm. Um, but I would say out of the last four or five practices, I, I definitely say three or four of them have been really, really good. Um, good enough to play on Saturdays. Um, I think I have a couple periods or a couple throws here and there, uh, which is going to happen in a new offense. Um, for me, I'm just focusing on getting completions, uh, not taking sacks and being smart with the football. I think I've done a great job of that. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hail Varsity Roadshow Wednesday here at PBA in front of Lincoln Southwest and Millard South. We'll have that game for you over on KFOR locally. Uh, reminder to get buckled up using your seatbelt saves lives and prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, emails if you want to jump in there. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Greg Smith, 10 minutes away to hit some recruiting. Uh, and uh, spring football thoughts. More from Casey Thompson. The topic of NIL, how it compares or will compare in Lincoln to Austin. Nebraska is probably hands down one of the best programs in the country for uh, NIL and just name, image, and likeness opportunities. Um, the support and the fan base here, I would say it's um, it's, it just no, there's nothing that really compares to this. Um, I've, I've kind of even surprised and a little bit blown away about how much um, how much football is, you know, a big deal around here. Um, but it's been great and it's been fun. Um, I'm, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm having to, like, tone down a little bit of, you know, some of the opportunities just so I can focus on ball. And right now, you know, the team and spring ball is my focus. And there will be plenty of opportunities to do, you know, social media posts or do some appearances. Um, but, yeah, it's been great so far. I would say that the opportunities um, are just tremendous here in Nebraska. Pretty cool to hear a 22, 23-year-old say, you know, I got to say no to, to focus on ball. Well, and, and Last- on, on, on top of that, not just it's like not just saying no to like these cool opportunities. These are opportunities that provide money to what is most mm-hmm. likely a, a broke college student. Like, well, we, we, I think we, we've, you, all, we've all been there. I mean, and he's had previous NIL opportunities, and I get that. Sure. But how hard must that be to say, you know what? I know that if I go put in a good spring and a good fall, I could make even more money in the NFL. That's a mature thing right there. It, it is. I think he's made, not to speak for him about his bank account, but I think he did okay with NIL in Texas. But I think that his purpose for NIL isn't for him to, you know, have a leather couch and a Jaguar. I think it's to take dudes to Rodizio. I mean that. Yeah. I mean, I think he wants to, to pay it forward. Uh, last thought here from Casey Thompson on the Nebraska Fishbowl. Juggling that, Austin's its own special spot. Uh, so is Lincoln. Honestly, I'd say if, if I go somewhere, I'm probably going to get stopped. So um, when I wake up and I decide to leave my house and go uh, to a restaurant or go out to, I don't know, any public place, I kind of like have to, you know, make sure I'm presentable and uh, have to watch, you know, uh, you know, who I'm with and what I'm saying. But um, I'd say every time I've left the house, I think so far, other than going to like the gas station, I've been stopped. 
Well, the fan base loves you, man, <laughs> especially if you're undefeated. And uh, good luck to him in the quarterback race. And Yeah, I mean, I, I can uh, relate to being a, a radio producer. I just get stopped everywhere I go. You get like, stopped because you got a, just an <laughs> absolutely filthy mustache. <laughs> You, you get stopped and asked, you know, for an alibi. <laughs> Where were you? Sir, you're uh, not allowed within 250 yards of the school. <laughs> you and, and you just need to make sure you got all your, your tags and everything updated, Elijah. No extra attention, my friend. Hour two's on the way. Greg Smith coming up. Hail Varsity here at PBA, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an hour two here at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo, Hale Varsity Roadshow Wednesday in front of Girl State Semifinal Action Class A. Millard South 27 and 0. Lincoln Southwest trying to cut down the nets again for the second time in school history. We'll get there in about an hour over on KFOR as Nebraska and Northwestern have tipped off. Uh, Bryce McGowan's all good to go. And, uh, hey, Northwestern just took and missed a three, believe it or not. So they are actually 0 for 1 from distance. Uh, we welcome in uh, Recruiting Insider. We say hi to Greg Smith from HaleVarsity.com and uh, Magazine. Greg, uh, good to be with you. Thanks for the time. Uh, what do you know? Oh, a lot, uh, it seems like. There's a lot happening right now in Nebraska football. you got spring, spring practice is happening. It was quarterback day, uh, so that's always uh, produces a lot of storylines. Plus, Nebraska had a junior day recently uh, while we're all also preparing for whatever amount of snow we're about to get. So a lot happening right now. <laughs> Craig is wearing his uh, cousin Eddie goggles <laughs> and hat. Uh, and he's going to take care of the rest of the neighborhood's driveway as well. Greg, we'll, we'll get to Junior Day in a minute. We spent some time with Babbers in Hour 1, and we heard from Casey Thompson last segment. But overall, I want to get your take on the O-line, and this isn't to throw snow on Greg Austin, but what's it, what's it say to you, what's it mean to you with Coach Frost's tone so early into this spring on just the difference on the O-line, the mentality, what they're being asked to do, and uh, how, do you, how do you sift through that? I mean, good if he's happy with the O-line and he likes what Raiola's doing and the talent's there. Wonderful. Nebraska uh, needs to be a physical offensive line, but it looks like they're showing it early in camp. 
Yeah, I think that that, that last point is, is exactly what I think stood out to me, um, is that Nebraska needs to be physical on the offensive line because we've talked about now for a couple of years that it doesn't really feel like, especially based on recruiting rankings, that Nebraska has struggled for talent or lacks of talent on that offensive line. And you also know that there's always guys, um, especially from here in the state or in the region, that kind of come out of nowhere um, that were maybe misevaluated. So Nebraska always has guys on the offensive line, um, but the way that they I guess were coached or the way that the philosophy was before just didn't jive with what Scott Frost was looking for. Um, and so, but for him to say that um, so plainly today uh, took me by surprise a little bit because you usually don't see that. Um, but it sounds like the early reviews on Donovan Raiola's teaching style has been really good and well received by the offensive linemen and really firing off the ball so far through a handful of practices in spring ball. Well, Greg, for me, it wasn't necessarily that that the, the blocking scheme and the mentality didn't fit the Husker offense it was that it didn't fit the big 10 with these guys you're bringing in these six foot eight six foot nine maulers that you're bringing in to be able to come compete in the big 10 you got to have those guys firing off the ball and with all the the zone blocking schemes nebraska ran last season it doesn't seem or didn't seem very conducive to to what those guys body styles are Would, would you agree with that yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a good a good uh, observation. It also doesn't match well uh, for the guys that you're going to be playing against in the Big Ten either, right? Um, given all of the good defensive linemen, the guys that go on to play in the NFL, like those guys aren't waiting around uh, for Nebraska's offensive line to decide what they're going to do with their blocking team. They're going after him and attacking. Um, and so Nebraska's offensive line needs to be able to do the same. It sounds like they're getting closer to that, which I do think will be a better style for the league. Greg, let's talk about uh, Omar Manning. And I know Trey Palmer and him are competing for the slot. Both have great options. What does a a wonderful senior season look like yardage and numbers-wise to you for, uh, for Omar out of the slot? Yeah, I think to me it, it's probably more about the total catches and the touchdowns, so probably 50 or so catches um, and 8 to 12 touchdowns. I think that that is a great year for Omar in that slot. Um, and I think that part of part of that is that I, I, the more I think about having a bigger body like that in the slot, the better I like it, um, just because it can provide kind of the security blanket that we kind of talked about last year with Austin Allen, right? Is you always have him um, kind of lurking, and obviously Omar's not as big as, as him, and he's not playing the exact same position, but having that ability to have a guy that, hey, when the chips are down, like I can get it to that guy um, and potentially a mismatch that Whipple and Frost are going to devise, I think that that's a good picture uh, for Husker fans. I think that he has a chance to really have a nice season uh, and for both him and Palmer to really make an impact this year. Greg Smith's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Greg, when you discuss this this wide receiver position, still a lot of question marks with, with the new guys you're bringing in, but you did get a little bit of clarity today with Casey Thompson mentioning some of the guys that he's been impressed with. And we were talking last hour about Casey Thompson calling Brody Bell a, a young Wes Welker. Do you, do you think that means maybe uh, he was a little bit underutilized last season with, with this high praise coming early from Casey Thompson? Yeah, well, it could be that he was underutilized or it could be that he was not utilized properly. Remember, Brody Bell playing so much like running back last year and kind of a pinch uh, was a little bit strange, especially if, you know, he's actually a pretty good route runner and he can play some wide receiver and make it a difference out there. Then, yeah, then he was misused last year. Um, I'm curious to see how that shakes out. There, There's a lot of names and a lot of bodies in that wide receiver room that are vying for playing time. And ultimately, that could be a good thing for the competition 
competition through spring because you really got to bring it every day if you want to be in that top six or so uh, for Coach Mickey Joseph after spring. Um, and that's going to be a fascinating battle to see watch. But Belt, that's not the first time we've heard Belt get praised this uh, spring. Greg, when it came to, to usage, we saw Belt against Wisconsin looked really good. And it was kind of out of necessity due to some injury. But uh, I think his running style, and I'm not saying he's he's the next Rex Burkett. I'm not saying that. Let's be clear. Make sure the tape's rolling, Elijah. <laughs> but uh, he, he does a lot of things catching the ball. And, and his running style, uh, do you think some guys just don't get used because, hey, uh, they're, they're not the name or the splash recruit? Uh, and, and listen, it makes sense. You're going to give the guy you go after and go get and beat X, Y, and Z out for every opportunity. But for a long time, we've seen Nebraska's end of season running back not be their beginning of season running back. Right, yeah, and I, I do think that that plays a role into it. You would like to not think that it, that it would matter um, that you that guy wasn't your recruit, but be honest, it, it really does. But at the end of the day, <laughs> um, it should not. Uh, just because of the fact that if that guy is out there producing for you, that's helping you, right? Like, it helps the team and it helps you as a coach. Um, so that I've always found that a little strange, but I definitely do think that that happens. Uh, but I think that that'll be something that, that we definitely watch um, with Belt to see if maybe if he's a spring story and we've had those before or if he actually is the real deal and continues this through fall camp and into the season. Greg Smith is with us, recruiting insider, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Post-practice thoughts from Greg with uh, quarterbacks, with Frost, with Whipple, and, of course, uh, with uh, what Coach has been saying uh, with, with where the offense is at. Going to go to a junior day, Greg, and you have a ton of in-state prospects that uh, are on the radar for 2023 and 2024. Some wideouts, uh, some linemen, a Noonan that's out there. How did things shape up over the weekend? First time we've had a chance to talk to you since, uh, since junior day. Yeah, it was another good weekend for Nebraska. I think the the one thing, um, well, there, there's a couple of things. One, the facilities um, continue to, uh, the new facility that's going in, continues to be a big hit for, for Nebraska prospects. Like the public, we have not seen a lot of details yet on uh, what's going into that new facility, but whatever they're showing recruits, it's really sticking with them uh, because I think every kid that I talked to over the weekend mentioned that. And the other thing that kids continue to mention, and I think this is a great time for Nebraska in the short and the long term, is the impact of these new coaches like we keep hearing um, from current players after practice about their energy but you're also hearing about that from recruits as well um, guys like Malachi Coleman Maverick Newman um, Davon Hall like the guys from in-state that you're talking about and others from out of state all mentioned about how they like the energy that all of these guys are bringing and it's been really interesting to see um, because I think it's paying off for Nebraska and getting at least getting these guys on campus and continuing to have them interested in Nebraska Greg, you mentioned the, the in-state kids there, and there's one name noticeably absent. That's Zane Flores. I, I want to get your take just on that whole situation where, where Nebraska goes out of state for their quarterback. When you got a pretty talented kid at Gretna. Is that coming down to, to scheme uh, with this new Nebraska team? Is, is that coming down to uh, what they have seen from him on, on tape? What, what is the difference? Why is Nebraska seemingly less interested in Flores than a lot of other schools, even in the Big Ten? 
Yeah, I, I think that what happened there, honestly, to, to my eye, is that um, Pop Watson was a Mark Whipple guy, a guy that Whipple was very comfortable with, um, had known for years, and he's a believer in his talent. And so he was just more comfortable with Watson than he was with going after Flores. Now, I hear you, the people that are listening right now, that doesn't make a ton of sense, considering you could have just evaluated him uh, Flores because he's right down the road in Gretna, and you could have made it work or at least waited a little bit longer to see if there was a thing. I don't know why Nebraska doesn't really or didn't really seem to be all that interested um, in pursuing Zane Flores. I've seen him play in person plenty of times. I think he's a really talented player. I'm obviously not alone in that considering that half the Big 12 seems to be offering him. Um, but I don't know. It just hasn't seemed to really click there between him and Nebraska for whatever reason. So here's my take. I think Mario evaluated Flores. Uh, I think uh, Flores probably didn't have a great day of evaluation, which is fine. We can all be nervous. Then you see him go, at the time, win a state championship, throwing in, into the wind in right. the fourth quarter. Uh, w- would you reevaluate, or is it just as simple, Greg, as Nebraska maybe coming late to the party if, if there's a transfer after spring football to Zane? Yeah, you know, that, that's a really good point in question. I, I would have, if I, if I were Nebraska, have reevaluated him or given him another shot because that is a good point that he, I, I think that at least at one of those camps, Flores did not have a, a good showing um, and then subsequently went out to, you know, actual football games and played really well and let us see to a state championship. So I do think that that would have merited um, a, a different evaluation or a second look at him. Uh, but you do, you're right. You never know um, what happens with the quarterback room going forward. Forward and if Nebraska will need to circle back, um, and we'll just kind of see how that goes. I think it would be wise if you're Nebraska to at least not completely close the door, but it doesn't sound like there's a ton of traction there right now. Greg, real quick, let's hear about some of Greg's guys. Who's on your radar? I know uh, folks uh, who haven't need to subscribe to HailVarsity.com and Magazine to get all your uh, recruiting insight uh, as uh, you uh, have put t- together another incredible list to, to mull over let marinate for the spring <laughs> yeah i think that we, we this time you know we were talking about the quarterbacks we had a couple of quarterbacks come off of the list this this month uh because nebraska did get their quarterback we have a new number one uh in the group as malachi coleman now slots into that number one spot talented kid out of lincoln east um who i think uh, everyone it feels like wants at this point the secret is definitely out on him Nebraska likes him at wide out. Mickey Joseph is taking, taking the lead there. Uh, Maverick Noonan is the second guy there. He's been really quiet, actually, on his recruitment um, and has not done a lot of interviews and not talked much about his recruitment. But I think the real key thing there for Maverick um, is that he wants to be an early enrollee, and I think Nebraska's in a good spot with him. Uh, and, and I think that a summer decision might be looming for him, but we'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, but it's a real list that is, that is powered by the trenches, and I think that that's something that's going to be a big focus for Nebraska for the 2023 class and kind of restocking the young talent on the offensive and defensive line. Greg, uh, when we were talking Lincoln guys, uh, you mentioned uh, Malachi uh, Coleman, and, and I want to get your take on a, a guy from Lincoln High in Ben Nagoy. He posted a video on Twitter the other day of him doing a vertical jump, and he jumped out of the gym. A talented guy. He's starting to pick up some uh, attention from some other schools across the country. So, so where does he stand with his recruitment to Nebraska? Yeah, they're they, Nebraska would have to make a decision there because Minnesota offered him recently. A couple of other Power Five schools um, have also come to the table as well. I think Nebraska has been in contact with him. He was at Nebraska's Junior Day, I believe, back in January, um, and 
had and had been to a game or two last year as well. So Nebraska's definitely been in contact with him. Um, it's just whether or not he's going to be an offer guy for for him. Uh, he'd be the sixth in-state offer this year. Uh, there's another one, Brock Metzen, out of um, Scott's Bluff, an offensive lineman that could be another offer guy. Um, I think Nebraska should offer them both personally, uh, but I think Benny would definitely be a guy that's worth it considering what's happening with his recruitment and it's going to another level. You know, if if P.J. Fleck is, is making trips into Lincoln and going to Lincoln High to see uh, Benny, it's real simple to, to right. not quite. And listen, I know Mickey Joseph's incredible, and I think Mickey probably sees McGoy as, as a guy to, to go after. You got limited amount of scholarships. Totally get that as well. But Fleck's got a track record, not, not as good a track record as Mickey's, mind you, with NFL wide receivers, Greg, but uh, you can't. The, the kids, a stud. Him and him and Malachi and and Davon Hall too. I mean, both. Uh, there's your trio for in-state wideouts, correct? <laughs> right. And you can't. You just have to stop the cycle of letting talented players get out of your state, even if you think they're borderline, because you know what's going to happen. That if Nebraska doesn't offer him, he's going to go to like another Big Ten school and have a really good productive career. You just kicking you just your ass for three years. That. Right, you just, and especially after you said so much that you want to refocus on being able to lock down the state and keep talented players here. Um, I, I just think that they need to go ahead and make those offers um, and get it figured out. Even just offer him as an athlete because you never know if he could turn out to be a defensive back as well. Uh, he does play defensive back as well for Lincoln High. I think he's a wide out at the next level, but he does play both. Greg, we will let you be. Thanks for jumping on with us uh, and doing a, a quick hit with us to to get hour two kicked off here at PBA. Have a great week. Uh, once the snow melts off your grill, I uh, expect pictures Sunday and you firing up something uh, on, on your smoker or grill. Hey, I'm with it. I'm praying for 60s to come back around. We love the 60s. Greg, take care, bud. Have a good one. Uh, Mr. Patience, uh, he has put an incredible uh, event together with his team uh, for girls and boys state basketball and of course Big Ten Wrestling Jeff Mall Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau up next here on Hale Varsity live at PBA presented by the Nebraska Lottery Pardon the interruption but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel Managing Editor of Hale Varsity and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription that means that you for less than $20 can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back here as we get ready for tip here between uh, Lincoln Southwest and Millard South. It'll be over on KFOR, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, courtside at PBA. We welcome in uh, with the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, Jeff Mall with us. Jeff, it is good to see you, my friend. Thank you for your patience and hanging out, and thanks for coming to see us courtside. You feel the juice, you feel the energy. The Southwest student section, it is, it is a business trip, so they are all rocking uh, they look like Jake and Elwood. I'm not going to lie do. to you. They look good. They look, 
I thought I looked good today. You do. You, you have a beautiful uh, sport coat, a little, right. little plaid to it. Right. You got the nice uh, collar. You and I are both big on, on dry cleaning. We are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you have yeah to. I, I think Uncle Nate hooked us up on our. Suits, I think so. Right? Our, our dear friend, uh, hey, he, we love his tailgate location. Uh, Nate at Gary Michaels, uh, doing his thing uh, and uh, doing it well. Uh, Junior is en route. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good-looking picture of him, by the way. Oh, of course, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's going to be—he's going to be selling fake IDs. Uh, I kid, I kid, and just the work that's gone in, and the teamwork, and the execution. First for wrestling, Big Ten wrestling, uh, brought to PBA, and of course we have the NSAA, 90-plus teams, six days of hoops. It's been crazy, but it's been a good crazy. You know, to have an opportunity to host Big Ten Wrestling, it's a once in every 14-year, once in every Mm 13-year opportunity. But when it was pressed out to us from the Big Ten and from the University of Nebraska, you take a look at dates and you go, oh, no, that's that's high school basketball week. So the ability to pull everybody together, LPS, University of Nebraska, Pinnacle Bank Arena, the NSAA, I have to give a shout-out to John Dolliver. He's the guy that makes basketball happen for the NSAA. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we put together a great plan, and, and we worked with our hotels and our retail sector, and I said, can you handle eight straight days of activity? Two of, of wrestling and, and six of basketball this week. And everybody said, you know, that's going to be the thing that we need to continue that momentum getting us out of the pandemic. And I think it's worked great. Uh, we keep doing what we can to keep the weather to the south right now. And uh, I got all my weather gods working for me right now, my friend. Goodness gracious. Well, you know, and, and then uh, whatever happens the next 48 hours weather-wise, it's going to be gorgeous and wonderful on on sunday in in lincoln but you mentioned uh, the folks and and just the the line of communication and execution that needs to happen from your part here when it comes to to being a part of that that planning and then you know making sure the execution execution happens i mean take me take me through it if you don't mind i mean the playbook so to speak with how you're able to, uh, to to kind of see this vision and then go get it because Lincoln's been the home of the boys and girls state basketball for a long time and it does it represents every year. Well, there's a contracted relationship that we have with the NSA and, and, and we have an obligation to provide the best facilities for the student athletes, uh, the best availability on the calendar and to do things like that. Um, just that, that open line and that transparency in, in the contract goes. And, and, you know, these are the types of things that you don't plan for because you plan for your three-day event, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. and Saturday, right? We do our pizza feed on Thursday. We get the tournament running through the weekend. But uh, it just takes a lot of coordination. And I think the easiest thing, Chris, this time around was everybody understands the value of state high school athletics to this economy and what it does for the city of Lincoln. And to, to make sacrifices and, and to try to find the, the right facilities. The conversation with Tom Lorenz very well could have went this way. I don't know how I can box six days and eight days together. But a guy like Tom Lorenz gets how important state high school athletics are. He gets how important the relationship is with the University of Nebraska. So a lot of meetings and a lot of coordination go into these things. And these things don't happen at the snap of a finger. Because what I worry about is if we don't have the best facilities and we don't have the calendar availability, there's another community in the state or two that would love to have these opportunities to host this event but I'll tell you, the Huskers in the middle of this floor, this building, Pinnacle Bank Arena, the Big Red N, this, just this ambiance and this feeling that is state high school tournaments, it's meant to be in Lincoln. Jeff Mall with us, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, joining us, Hale Varsity Radio. Courtside here for the Class A semi Southwest off to our left, warming up. 
Millard South just launching threes, and yes, they're going in, uh, but the clock hasn't started yet. Nebraska basketball fighting with Northwestern. We, we talk about surviving through the pandemic, uh, health and safety protocols, and, and now you look at the numbers and the risk dial and things going the absolutely best direction, and, and now uh, folks get ready to live again, and that is awesome. And just touch on the, the feedback you've received from, from folks around the community, folks that are, are big and uh, important to the Convention Visitors Bureau relationship standpoint. I mean, the reaction that's been been, been ongoing because, you know what, the weather's been good. Folks have been able to hit the rail yard, hit the downtown oh. restaurants in Haymarket and other parts of Lincoln and hotels, of course, too. Yeah, what did I tell you? I think you and I have talked in the past on air on, on either KFOR or 1480 that mm-hmm. 2021 was our best tourism year ever when it compares to 2019 numbers that were record Which setting. is nuts. That was crazy to even think yeah. about, but pent-up demand, big events that we did last year in the community. I mean, Garth Brooks, we didn't have anything to do with, but thank you, Garth. <laughs> you were an amazing weekend impact. But the high school finals rodeo. So we had all this momentum going into what this year was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Doing this event and potentially Big Ten wrestling was supposed to be a rebuilding year. And what we're hearing from our hotels is a lot of them are back 100% staffed oh, to accommodate great. This eight-day surge, this nine-day surge, restaurants are struggling still to get workforce back. But I think the consumer is more accommodating. Now, they understand that it may take another five or ten minutes to get their drink or even to get the order in on the menu. But, you know, Lincoln's hospitality, this industry was built to do exactly what we're doing right now to host events because we're an extension of small town Nebraska. We roll out this really long, extra wide red carpet (laughs) that says come one, come all because Lincoln is really their home away from home. And I just talked to a family the other day that said, we've had an amazing job. Uh, it, we've had amazing experience in the community because we've been able to get out and do things that we normally wouldn't do over a three, two, and three-day tournament. They packed for an entire week to be here, and they're getting out and touching parts of our, our community they've never seen before. So this is what this Convention and Visitors Bureau is built to do. This is what this city's built to do. The partnerships we have with people like you in the media industry that support and advocate Lincoln as a destination, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So we're working together on this. Well, we appreciate all you've done. Jeff Mall with us, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, and uh, you can uh, log on and uh, find out more, lincoln.org. But that, that's what I wanted to, to kind of end with, Jeff, and it's awesome to get caught up, man, and, and we've seen you down at The Graduate. We've always enjoyed our fall chats and our weekly Wednesday sit-downs sit on KFOR in the mornings, and you do hear, and you've heard for years from people that have a wow moment in Lincoln when they come visit. Wow moments are what makes me Probably chokes me up the most. Yeah. Me all just kind of, you know, the chills you get. Even when you just said that, I'm like, oh man, I got chills because wow moments are what drives us in this industry. And to hear people say they had a most amazing time ever, it's their first time here, they're coming back. The gratification is that really what we do each and every day is to create the positive visitor experience and get people to come back. The success is when they come back with their family or their business. To, to relocate here and set up shop and be a part of just this amazing growth as a community. And I can tell you, 
Lincoln will always be Lincoln to people. Mm -hmm. The values that we had back in the 70s and 80s growing up, that hasn't changed. What has changed is the tourism landscape. Pinnacle Bank Arena, a potential convention center down here. Yes. You and I have talked about the sports world, man. We need more facilities. Baseball, softball, volleyball, basketball. Yes. We need it. And so that's my number one goal in the next two or three years is to continue to build that tourism landscape. You know, I want the Mount Rushmore of of tourism-type facilities in Lincoln that people can look at and go, oh, my gosh, that's where we want to be. That's how we want to experience tourism. And I love Lincoln. I've been here all my life. This is my 20th year, my friend, doing what I do because I love smiling and I love having a good time with people when they come in the community. Well, it is. uh, You're right. Convention center, check. Let's make that happen. Uh, Ball fields, check. Let's make that happen. Uh, Easy for me to say. I, I, I need a check. You know what kind no. of, I don't need that check you're doing on your paper. You write me a check, Chris. I'll put your name on it. Well, let's talk to Mama. <laughs> yeah. It'll be from the joint account, but yeah. we'll talk to Mama. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take it over multiple years. Yes. We'll okay. Do, we'll Thank do, you. Yes. We'll do layaway. You remember layaway? Oh, dude. Just make payments. We'll pay for it eventually. You're a Lincoln guy. I'm a Lincoln guy. I remember the, um, the Rath, not Rathbone Village, but uh, Bishop Heights. Bishop Heights. The, yes. the, old, the old Shopco. Yeah. Right, they were the kings and queens of layaway shopping. Yes, they were, and and somebody got his transformer. <laughs> I was a layaway. It took me thirty-seven years, but I got it. I was a layaway runner back in the eighties. Okay. I was the guy at the top of the staircase at the the shopco on O Street. Okay, they get the call up and say, "Look for package, you know, six sixty-two." And I go off and I pull that. I'm like, "Oh man, some kid's getting his transformer." Right. I'm legit. Uh, it was a lot of. A lot of, lot, of yard, uh, lot of yard mowing, but it happened. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's for sure. Jeff, best to you. Thanks for making time with us today. You're a good man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Jeff Maul with his Lincoln Convention Visitors Bureau. Jeff, if folks want to check in with you, find out more, and just kind of find out about Lincoln, get the facts when they're coming back this summer or in the future, how do they do it? Lincoln.org is our website. Our, our visitor center, which is just three blocks to the south of this building, uh, 7th and P, or you can give us a call at 402. 402- 434-5348 and uh, we're that helpful smile in every aisle. High V says that, but we do it too. We like to smile and make people happy. You have, and uh, you have over 90 uh, ball games executed flawlessly. Semis get going here. Class A, Southwest trying to get back to a title run. Coach Tim Berta over there. Timmy knows how to climb a ladder with scissors in his hand. Uh, we'll see if it happens for Southwest at a date for uh, Championship Friday. Millard South unbeaten and uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, Jeff, appreciate you. All right, Chris. Good Thanks, stuff. sir. Uh, Jeff Mall, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. The man is awesome with uh, what he does and his team uh, making it happen. You have wrestling, you have basketball, eight days, and uh, it's been, uh, been busy, but it's been a great busy. Uh, Elijah, let's uh, dive in with uh, some some NFL thoughts. We've spent time on the Nebraska quarterbacks. We've dove into Whipple. I didn't ask Greg about the shoeless part, the shoeless OC. We need to get a hold of Whipple. We'll talk to Barnett tomorrow. Is this just a trend or is this just a comfort level in Lincoln? It doesn't bother me. I'm not an anti-feet guy, but I'm not Rex Ryan either. So don't, don't, don't misunderstand that Okay, just because someone doesn't wear shoes piques my interest. No. But if you want to go without shoes, I I totally get it. But he's done it twice in in three meetings with the media. 
See, I'm personally, I said it like you're not going to invest in a pair of, of sandals, a Birkenstock. Who well, you've got a whole, you've got a whole equipment room full of Adidas boosts and bounces. I mean, why the hell not, right? Well, maybe it's just comfort. Maybe he's just not. Maybe he's like one of those guys that has really flat feet, so like shoes I, are I, uncomfortable. I, I guess, but the other side of that is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, what, what, it brings me back to the uh, the moment in in, in uh, Mad Men where you know the, the the boss always made people take his shoes off take your shoes off before he went in the office. We'll get a jock doc. Speaking of feet, uh, craziness with Deion Sanders. Hail Varsity continues. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Wednesday here as we're courtside at PBA in front of Southwest and Millard South. Uh, time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert wearing his Amherst jersey. Dr. Brandon, how we doing? <laughs> how you doing? I'm good. Uh, it is tis the season, my friend, for all sorts of basketball, Dr. Brandon. We're going to go to the gridiron, though. And crazy story that was revealed on Deion Sanders and the documentary following his uh, his journey as head coach at Jackson State. Dion had to have two toes on his left foot amputated because of blood clots. Stem- uh, quick reaction, Dr. Brandon, on, on all that Dion's been through. Yeah, that's crazy story absolutely um you know there's not a ton of details out there in terms of how all of this transpired for this poor fella um obviously we can kind of speculate a little bit about maybe you know what happened to lead to that pathway um, but it sounds like you know the big thing was he had underwent you know surgery on these toes uh, some of the effect of us having some issues with you know, dislocating toes how he described it uh, but maybe it was just something on the way of a, some type of deformity, uh, but underwent surgery for that. And then it sounds like following that just kind of had this cascade of complications that, you know, kept occurring for him. Um, one of the things that uh, he described was this uh, femoral artery blood clot, um, which again, is super, super rare to have something like that happen. Um, you can obviously speculate a couple ways as to why something like that would happen, you know, but it sounds like the initial symptoms from that were basically changes uh, in his uh, two toes they had been been operated on Um, you know the issue always is when you develop you know blood clots in one area is that pieces of those that blood clot can break off 
and then they flow to certain areas, and eventually you reach the end of kind of the vascular chain, or if you will, where things start to get really narrow, and then those stick in that spot and basically prevent blood from getting past that area. So it's a blockage, essentially. And when that happens, obviously, in your small digits like your toes, your fingers, then you essentially lose blood supply to that area, and then that you know extremity of the toe, the finger, and it basically dies, which it sounds like that's the experience he was having. Um, and so, you know, obviously you have to deal with that aspect of it, which, again, at that point, once you kind of reach that point, you're starting to see those symptoms from those clots occurring and you lose the toes. There's really no going back after that point. Fortunately, you know, as you hear him describe these injuries, they were even talking about, you know, there's a chance you need to lose, you know, your foot or even potentially an amputation below the knee, uh, below this level of clot. And those are all, you know, real scenarios that, thank goodness, you know, didn't happen uh, to him. Uh, but again, as you kind of speculate on those things, there's there's a few things that could happen that could lead to, you know, this kind of clotting cascade. But uh, definitely just a, a crazy story for this poor guy. Dr. Brandon Seifert is with us. Nebraska Orthopedic Center at Jack Doc Wednesday. We're here courtside at PBA talking about Deion Sanders and uh, having to have two toes amputated. His big toe on his left foot, his second toe on his left foot. He also dealt with compartment syndrome, which meant his leg had to be drained. They had to do an incision and, and drain fluid. Dr. Brandon, how common is it to have surgery on dislocated toes? Uh, I mean, I, I've never dislocated the toe. I busted one, but uh, we, we know that folks can, can dislocate parts of their, their toes, their hands, their fingers, uh, just with what he's done in his career. So uh, his feet were his moneymaker, man, uh, with what he did as a uh, defensive back in the NFL for a decade plus. But surgery-wise, is that common or is that uh, uh, uncommon to have to, to do in, uh, you know, a procedure on toes due to dislocation? Yeah, you know, I think the big thing there, Chris, is just a matter of you know, how, you know, is how he's describing it, you know, truly the pathology that was there. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, make an assumption here. My, my guess is what this probably was, was it had, you know, trauma to the toes, obviously from all the career, his long career that he had. Um, and what happened there is he probably developed in a deformity uh, in his toes where you, you basically developed kind of hammer toes would be my guess is probably what he had. That's kind of one of those things where you start to develop kind of the deformity of your toes kind of almost look like little hammers. Um, and that can be kind of representative of kind of a dislocation. I don't know if he was trying to describe that to truly have, like chronic dislocation of your toes, pretty rare for something like that to occur or something just to leave it alone. Um, so I'm assumption it wouldn't be that unless he had something new, acute, traumatic happen where he had basically a fracture that led to you know, dislocations there recently and they were addressing those. So hard to say exactly from that perspective. Uh, but, you know, the, the craziness is the other stuff that happens, you know, femoral artery blood clot. It's just so exceedingly rare, thank goodness. Uh, but obviously it has a, a cascade of issues that can happen, and, and the, compartment, the compartment syndrome issue is what happens is, is you, you, know, you lose blood flow in an area or you kind of clot into an area. Tissues start to you know, lose their nutrients, lose their you know, supply, and then they start to swell and get irritated and angry, and then 
you basically reach a point in what we call you know compartments of the leg. You have different muscles are divided up in different compartments in your leg, and basically you reach a point where if you swell too much, it can't go any further because of the outer tissue that separates those. That's what's called a compartment syndrome, and that pressure gets pushed back down on the vessels, the nerves, and that creates another kind of one of those emergency situations where, like he had, you have to actually have to go in and you know release those compartments to allow that pressure to escape or as he described, you know, the fluid being drained. Um, so again, just a, a crazy cascade of events, complications. Uh, you can kind of speculate a lot of ways as to, you know, why that happened, but it could be something just as simple as he has potentially maybe a genetic kind of clotting disorder. Um, could be something where maybe the tourniquet they used during surgery irritated the femoral artery, pretty low risk of that, but a potential could be where they maybe had done like a nerve block in the area if that somehow irritated uh, that artery resulting in the clot. Again, that's very much speculation at this point. Um, but those would be some of the things we'd think about in that you know kind of crazy scenario that happened to him. Dr. Brandon Seifert is with us. A Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center talking about Deion Sanders and his ordeal. Dr. Brandon, real quick, what's next for Deion as far as checkups and follow-up to make sure there's no more issues with blood clotting and, and, and further issues with his feet. Uh, Dion's one of my favorite guys, and uh, he coached through a, a bunch of issues, and uh, you just want him to be healthy long-term. How difficult is life going to be with both those toes amputated? You know, he'll lose a little bit of just kind of that efficiency of walking, uh, but he'll make up for that. Um, and, and honestly, I don't think the toe issue be a big deal long term. I think probably the bigger issue for it's going to be, you know, having those releases of his compartments, um, redeveloping those muscles in the area, dealing with some significant scar tissue, regaining that flexibility and strength. That'll be kind of the biggest thing for him, at least from a functional perspective. And then obviously you got to figure out with a guy like that who had that kind of clotting issue, does he have a clotting disorder? Does he need to be on kind of like long-term on blood thinners to, to try to prevent another issue there. And obviously, if that's the case, you know, he's at risk for other types of surgery in the future, having potential kind of a clotting disorder. So those would be some of the things he's facing. I think overall he's going to do well. Uh, he's kind of gotten through the dangerous parts at this point. Um, and, you know, just knowing who he is, how motivated he is, he'll, he'll, do, he'll do well. And I don't think his function really would be significantly altered, hopefully. Dr. Brandon, thanks for a few minutes today and another jock doc. Have a great rest of your week. You bet, Chris. You guys take care. Enjoy the tournament. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time for Hail Varsity Radio, courtside at uh, PBA in front of Lincoln Southwest Girls and Millard South Girls, the 
semis for Class A. Who's going to the title game Friday? Jeff Smith, Hall of Fame coach with uh, Lincoln Southeast and, of course, Nebraska basketball. Coach, good to see you. Good to be back on we, the sideline. We've got a quick uh, pregame here. Fred Hoiberg doing... Uh, a quick uh, stop to talk to the Big Ten Network, the Fighting Mayors. My Lord, they look good again. They, they are rolling again. Great defense and uh, sharing the basketball. Verge has been nice. And uh, Northwestern has not hit 13 threes in the first half. It's hard to beat. A, it is hard to beat a team three times. We hear that all the time. But uh, from experience, I know it is. You just you just make a lot of adjustments if you've lost to them twice. And, uh, and Nebraska is just really playing well right now. 39-25, Huskers. Good work by the Big Red, uh, Big Go Big Fred, right? And uh, hard to, to go undefeated. Uh, Millard South is trying to do that. Coach, real quick, uh, a thought on the, the matchup tonight. Listen, uh, pressure to stay undefeated is real for Millard South. Southwest feels great. Uh, they got a, a, a 2-0 rematch against Central, and, man, they're uh, they're headed into this semifinal. Not scared. Yeah, and these two teams did not play in the regular season, and I think that's advantage South. West. I think Southwest matches up extremely well to Millard South. Millard South likes to press and create a lot of offense off their pressing, and if they can do that, then it's going to be tough for Southwest. But with Kennedy Williams handling the ball, if they can handle it, get it down to Freddie Wallace inside, I think they're. I think she's better than Millard South inside. Um, Millard South shoots it well, so they're going to have to guard the three. Uh, so, I, But I do think Southwest is a good matchup here in the semifinal for an undefeated team, which has a little more pressure on it than Southwest does. It'll be high-level basketball, Millard South and Lincoln Southwest set to go. Uh, a lot of folks here from Millard South. It is packed behind us with signage, with phones out, and uh, all sorts of emerald green and silver behind us. The student section... Uh, I checked in uh, with Junior on this. It is a business trip. It's all business. So there is coats and ties. And I think uh, my favorite Gary Michaels tie is around Junior's neck right now. So, <laughs> is that an old Danny Knee tie on him? Well, I, I didn't. From Gary I, Michaels? That is, my, that is, I have a Danny Knee tie, but that is not for his little grubby hands. That is mine. That's right. That's, a, that's in the box somewhere. <laughs> that, that is guarded by the German Shepherd, right? <laughs> Uh, so it's uh, it's all business here for Southwest. Millard South trying to uh, claim a, a title. Southwest wants to get back to championship Friday. And uh, we will switch over to KFOR for tip-off here shortly. Elijah, you doing all right? Yeah, we're going to have a fun 90 seconds getting you switched from ESPN to KFOR. I tell you what. <laughs> well, let's let the uh, you get down the hallway and uh, let the switching begin. We'll... Uh, Talk to you here over on KFOR locally and uh, can stream us KFORnow.com. Podcast, subscribe, Hail Varsity Radio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Tell us what you think, good, bad, or ugly. And uh, tip off on the way next year in Lincoln on KFOR. Thanks for tuning in. A Huda Media Production.